Aren't those videos a treat? How many of you saw yourself in a video this morning? Nobody? Okay, a couple people did. Awesome, awesome. Hey, you know, we sang that one song that had the refrain, uh, These Bones Will Sing. And we had a young woman in the auditorium once, probably five, six years ago now, who had a golf ball size uh, kidney stone. And as we were singing that song, she thought when something like this, she thought when my body is resurrected and I have my resurrection body and my, these literal bones resurrected, glorified are in God's presence, worshiping him, that kidney stone won't be there. So if it won't be there then, then it has no right to be here now. And it dissolved. It instantly dissolved. We, I mean, we have the x-rays for it. We saw, we saw all the doctor, uh, all, all the documents from before and after. Really an exciting thing. God's been doing a lot of exciting things around here. Um, you know, as Jordan was saying earlier, I think that this is like a pivotal day for us. I just have a sense that there's something about the worship that, uh, that, that this is a day when we're going to be taking, you know, like Mother May I, remember playing that? You can take a baby step. Sometimes you get to take a giant step in, in one moment. And I think that's what's happening in the spirit realm today. Well, d- did you know that a five-year period is called a lustrum? Didn't know that, did you? I didn't either until I looked, researched it. But um, this lustrum, the third lustrum of the life of our church, was a time of new beginning. It was a time of a fresh start and a fresh, a, re- a fresh focus on the vision that we had. And in some respects, there were, there were some ways in which we maybe drifted a little from the vision. But this was a time when we really returned to it. Got a prophetic word from a man named Dan Hack. I don't know if Dan's in the room right now. Dan said that he thinks the Lord is saying, he's, I, I believe the Lord's saying this, I'm doing a new thing here, but it's not really new. I'm just calling you back to your roots. And that, that just resonated in my heart because that's exactly what Lori and I uh, wanted. And Lori, would you stand, please? This is my wife. Lori and I are the co-founding pastors of the church. So this was an exciting five-year period. So many things happened. Alpha was booming. Just a great, great ministry. People coming to Jesus. People being filled with the Holy Spirit. Receiving prayer languages, uh, all in Alpha and other other ministries in the church, but so many different ministries happening, and so many great things happened during this season. But I, I think probably nothing greater than House Group, and House Group really tracked right alongside of us pressing more into uh, the the Holy Spirit, and House Group was a Holy Spirit driven ministry. And uh, something that God used to touch hundreds and hundreds of young adults' lives across this city. And, uh, and, and it was also a season where we, re- I want to back up a step. This was a season where we began to re-engage with prophetic ministry in a more focused way. Let's put it that way. And I remember in 2012, Kendra Barrow. Kendra is here somewhere, I think. Wave at everybody, Kendra. Kendra... I had Kendra come to the front and give a prophetic word she had shared with me about that, a return to prophetic ministry. And Lou Trishler at the same time had a very similar word. But um, we began to reconnect our hearts with that. Robbie Dawkins became a significant part of this church. 
And, and he was also a significant influence on house group. But uh, house group itself was something that we'll talk about later as to how it started. But right now, I just want to say this. What we're doing this week, weekend is focusing on house group. And we have invited house group um, leaders and folks back. I'm trying to get my phone to work here. Here we are. Here, here are the names of people who um, were instrumental in the start of house group. And lights, can we get more light in here, please? Just ratchet up the lights out there, okay? Uh, when, when I'm, if I mention your name, please stand. Abby Allen, is Abby here? I think Abby's here today. Yeah, Abby, let's, let's hold our applause, okay? I should have said that a moment ago. Sorry, I don't want to embarrass those of you who are just applauding, but you were jumping the gun. <laughs> I have a long list of names here I want to acknowledge, and then we'll, we'll stand and we'll cheer and clap for them all at once. Okay, Abby Allen, Kevin Barth. Kevin's here, I think. I just saw Kevin. Stand up, Kevin. And keep sta remain standing, please. Um, Shauna Horacek. Shauna was up here singing this morning. And uh, Rick and Stacy Rhodes, the Rhodes is here this morning. Crystal and Kenzie Muldrow, you guys here, stand up please. Yeah, awesome. Joy Drakeford and her kids, where's Joy? Awesome, Joy. Aaron and Stephanie Ross, Stephanie was up here singing also, where are they? Stand up please. Um, Sue Ahn, Nick Zyre, Rena Carver, Josh Murphy, Josh, you're all here, I think, today. Jenna Freilich, Jesse Kopinas, Jesse here? Stand up, Jesse. Now, here are the names of, of significant people that are not here today, but we want to mention, we want to mention their names. Uh, Greg Russell, Andy McKibben, Nate and Victoria Valentine, Sanjay Nelson, Celia and Jeffrey Dewhurst, Brent and Morgan Richburg, Gene on, Kevin Kraft, John and Kara Katenkamp, Anna Walden, Stephen and Sydney Bowden, Keith and Julie Freilich, Phil Patton, Mara Winters, Lynn Jones, Caleb Sullivan, and many, many more that I'm sure we've forgotten. Nick and Jocelyn Hunter, Zach Eddington, and uh, the, other, the other names of the founders of House Group will be shared with you in just a few moments. But let's, let's applaud for them. Just stand up and cheer for them, okay? <laughs> Thanks. Please be seated. We love and appreciate you all. Um, many of you are at other churches right now, and we just bless you to be there, to be everything God wants you to be there. But thank you for the part you played in this church's life and in helping us to get where God wants us to be. So right now, I'm going to invite uh, the gang up here. Uh, Jordan is going to be the MC today, and we have Luke and Wilson coming. All right. Oh, you mean we don't have a ghost here? 
if you can't see, the, the flag was waving like there was a breeze. It was a fan. <laughs> oh, no, it's still waving. We do have a ghost, and he's holy, the Holy Ghost, up in the, up in the building. All right, hey, so we are celebrating the 2011 to 2015 Lustrum. Can we make that normal language? Can we start saying Lustrum all the time? I, I think just such a good word. Um, but so, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about house group, but also there were, uh, you know, several really amazing things that happened uh, during this lustrum, um, a couple like really phenomenal classes that were still running, uh, Barnabas Coach Training, uh, Financial Peace University, two awesome classes that have just like impacted my life big time. Uh, so definitely want to give them a shout out. Um, but Van, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but another really big thing that happened is uh, we met Robbie Dawkins during this time. Um, how, how did that impact the church when, when Robbie came here? Um, it, well, if you, if you know who Robbie is, he's a kind of like a street evangelist, a power evangelism guy, uh, brings a, a ton of power of the Holy Spirit with him. And we had Robbie here, I think it was 2011, was it, with YWAM. And, um, and then when, when he was here, we talked about, I talked about traveling with him. And so I went to Zimbabwe with him a year later and spent a couple of weeks there. And that was life-changing for me, really was. We saw uh, really great and wonderful and powerful things happen on the street as we prayed for people. And it really impacted the church because when I came back, everybody wanted to know what had happened. What was this trip like? And so I just showed them. I said, here's what we did. And I called out a word of knowledge you know, for someone with maybe neck pain. And someone would come forward and I would have someone pray for them. And we had several people that were touched really deeply and healed of different pains that they had. But it really was um, the beginning of a relationship with him where we had him come back just about every year, sometimes more than that. And, and he just built into this church prophetic, empowered, Holy Spirit ministry. And he gave us this one thing that I think is really significant. And that was, if it's not happening through us out on the street then it won't happen in this room for very long because it's not intended just to happen in this room. It's intended that we get what we get here and we go out there. And so that whole outward focus uh, with Holy Spirit empowered ministry was a huge impact. Wow, <laughs> that's good. Um, and we originally actually wanted to have Robbie here but he wasn't able to make it and he actually sent a video for us. Could we roll that video really quick? Hi, I'm Robbie Dawkins, and I am so excited. 20 years, 20 years Northwest Vineyard has been here in Cincinnati and been going. Man, what an incredible celebration. And I want you guys to know I'm celebrating with you. It's so encouraging. You know, when I first came to this church, I remember thinking, this is probably a church that'll have me once and not have me back again. And I, you guys have blown my mind. The hunger and the steadfast perseverance for the presence of God and for reaching your community has never ceased in you ever since that first visit. Seeing the change that you've made, the transformation you've made has been just honestly breathtaking for me. And I'm so encouraged by that because one of the things that my job is to do is to really sort of provide that spark for churches in the community to extend beyond themselves and to extend beyond just their sphere of influence to 
bring greater impact and greater transformation. And Northwest Vineyard, you've done that. And I am so encouraged by that. The fruit has been just incredible. I personally have benefited from that. And the eating of the fruit, the seeds that I've been so blessed to be able to say that I helped sow in. And I thank you for that. And I thank you that you haven't given up on being in pursuit of the presence of God and the power of God and in the working of the Holy Spirit, because we know that that's the one thing that sets us apart as, as is stated in Exodus 33, your presence sets us apart from every other nation on the earth. And that's one thing that I know about Northwest Vineyard is that the pursuit of the presence sets you apart from everywhere else, everything else. And I want to encourage you stay after that. I know what lies ahead is going to be so powerful and so transforming, not just for this area, but really for the world around you. So I am celebrating with you for these past 20 years. It's been amazing to see your growth and to see what's happened, but I'm so excited about the next 20 years of where you guys are headed. And I pray that I can be a part of it and be an encouragement for you in that. I want to tell you, keep going, keep going after it, contend for the presence, contend for signs and wonders being operating in your community and let's together see the kingdom come and his will being done right here in Cincinnati. God is going to use you guys and he's called all of you to be world changers. Let's do that together for the glory of his kingdom. God bless you guys. And so good. Um, so I mean, Robbie has had a obviously a massive impact on our church. Um, and I think something that uh, you three talk about a lot when we have guest speakers come in is that we are like, we're receiving something from them and they're making a deposit into the heart of our church. What would you guys say are like maybe one or two of the like greatest deposits that Robbie has um, given to us? Well, um, I'm gonna get a little ahead, but it will all connect, so bear with me. So, uh, power evangelism, for sure. Doing ministry out on the streets, asking God to speak to you for people you don't even know, going up to them, um, ministering to them. I remember this one time, um, to kind of lump house group into this, there was like 11 of us that went out to do power evangelism at Northgate Mall for 20 minutes. That was the plan. Do evangelism, 20 minutes. And um, we all go out our separate ways. I had never led anybody to Christ doing power evangelism before. I had led someone to Christ, like a friend and a person that had been in a small group that I had been leading, but never doing power evangelism. So I'm in, I think, I forget what the store was, one of those like Marshalls kind of stores um, attached to Northgate. And God speaks to me for these two guys. I share with them what I heard. They're blown away. I ask them if one received Jesus. They both received Jesus. But here's the thing. I go back 20 minutes later. I kid you not, 20 minutes. Wilson comes back with a leader uh, named Kirsten, and they had led six people to Christ <laughs> in that 20-minute time. And what was kind of sad but also awesome was Celia, had, uh, she was a leader in house group, she had never led anyone to Christ either, and she came back like super pumped, like, I just led someone to Christ. They accepted Jesus. This is amazing. And then Will went next because we all like, took turns sharing. Will's like, yeah, we led six people to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't actually, so that happened. So, um, so yeah, 11, 
actually, it was, maybe it wasn't 11 of us that went out, but 11 people accepted Jesus in that 20 minutes. So then we decided we should go do another like 10 minutes. So we went and did another 10 minutes, four more. Wow. And so I would just say like, um, Robbie really deposited that into our church. I mean, during that season that I was referring to, we probably were seeing like five to 10 people accept Christ a week out on the streets. Um, and that really started with Robbie. Wow. Did Wilson get all four of those people in that last 10 minutes? <laughs> I can't remember. Probably. I would not be surprised. Or Rick Rhodes. Wilson out here with the evangelism flex. Wilson, did you have something that you wanted to share? I was going to say that, you know, a saying in the vineyard, the founder of the vineyard coined is that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And the heart being that um, if, you're not ta- if you're not doing things that stretch you, make you uncomfortable, maybe you're freaked out by, then you're probably not really... Um, expressing much faith. And really, I just think Robbie is kind of like the voice in the back of my head that's always like, you're not, it's like, you're comfortable. Don't be comfortable. Or like, what it, like I'll have an idea, a ministry idea or something. And there'll be like a little bit of fear, you know, like, I don't know, but I'm like, wait, wait, I want to be faithful, like to what Robbie has deposited here of take risks, press forward. And I think that's one of the, another one is really great deposits is just take risks. Yeah, that's so good. And that's how you lead 10 people to Jesus in 30 minutes. (laughs) Um, Van, as far as Robbie's deposits go, I know he's actually had a big uh, impact on how we do children's ministry. And for years, you know, we've taught the five-step prayer model and uh, uh, for for in our Northwest Kids ministry and for, um, you know, two-year-olds to eight-year-old or 11, however old they get, um, to pray for healing people. How did Robbie impact our church in that way? <clears throat> I, th- I think I see Heidi over here. Heidi, how did Robbie, Im- did he impact your life? He did. And Heidi was leading our children's ministry when, during these years. And when we really started to press more into that, it's not like we weren't pressing into the Holy Spirit before, but we just ramped it up a whole to a whole new level. And uh, so Robbie impacting us we realized if it's not happening in the kids department with the children, then it's not happening in the church. Yeah, so that's good. And I remember too, you really started how, or at least I have one memory of Christian Garing, a young kid, you bringing him up and yeah, that was one of the times I had uh, people come up and pray and Christian Garing, who was probably about 11 years old at the time came up and I'm trying to lead him in a prayer saying, okay, Christian, just pray what I tell you to pray. For, because there was a sick person up here with you guys. Sick person right there. And he just jumps way ahead of me and he says, pain, get out of their back right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Thanks for sharing. Um, all right, so we, uh, we want to spend a little bit of time here talking about house groups. So Van, thank you for being up here, but we've got two other people that we want to bring up here to... Um, Talk about house group. Jen and Amanda, are you guys in here? Could you guys head up here? Yeah, get up for Jen and Amanda. All right, while they're getting up here, um, you guys kind of mentioned Zimbabwe as well. And um, I guess like to kind of start the house group conversation, how has house house group, we realized this week, has had an international impact um, tri-national. <laughs> Three countries. Three nations, at least, impacted uh, by house group. How, um, tell us about like Zimbabwe and how house group impacted that, and then we'll go back a little bit. 
So um, house group was going and it was a movement of like eight young adult groups around the city. And we had been uh, a part of a partnership of churches. Vineyard Northwest had been a part of a partnership of churches in our area to see um, some more vineyards planted in Zimbabwe, which is a nation in Southern Africa, right above South Africa. And it was going horribly. The whole thing was dying. Nothing, nothing was happening in Zimbabwe from what we were trying to do. And so my dad and the other team leaders said, hey, let's take one last trip there just to bless them and encourage them and uh, then tell them, sorry, we're giving up, basically. And um, so my dad took Luke and I and uh, Sanjay Nelson, and we thought, we'll just teach them the principles we've learned in house group as kind of like our final deposit, the thing we just leave with them. And so we did that. It was really fun. It was really powerful. And, but we still kind of left. So anticipation that, hey, like this, the United States part of this partnership is probably going to end now. And six months later, we get word that they'd started six house groups around the capital city of Harare. And so now that partnership is still going today and kicking and, and really strong. Wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. So yeah, we'd love to hear just like, let's just start at the beginning. How did house group start? And what is it? Man, so there's so much you could say. I'm gonna, I am going to bottom line it in Jesus' name. So um, Wilson and I had a friend group, most of whom were not following Jesus. And when we both started following Jesus, we got a heart for those friends. We wanted to see them walking in freedom. We wanted to see them walking with the Lord. And so we tried a bunch of stuff. We prayed for them. Um, we, uh, I one time, like, I was up at, I was going to Miami Oxford at the time, and I had, like, a meal plan, which essentially worked as, like, a credit card on any of the restaurants on campus. So I promised all my friends, hey, I will spend $15 of snacks and drinks on you if you come up to Miami and have this, like, spiritual conversation. So I bribed, like, 10 of my friends, and they all came up, and I spent, like, $150 on candy and beef jerky. Um, <clears throat> So you bribed people into the kingdom. Is that, is that <laughs> right, how that works? Exactly. Some t- hey, you got to do what you got to do. But it uh, didn't work. So um, <laughs> had a friend who um, was a part of that friend group, wasn't following Jesus. He had a radical encounter with God at like a Presbyterian church over Christmas. And he just approached me and said, hey, this crazy thing happened to me. Um, would you and Wilson be willing to start discipling me? And so we met with him, and we met with him again, and again, and again, and that eventually became house group. Wow. So what, Wilson, do you have something to add here? No. Okay. (laughs) Um, So what makes, so house group is a young adult group, or it started as a young adult group by young adults for young adults. Um, What what made house group different from other young adult ministries anywhere? Well, I really want you guys to say stuff, but um, one thing was that in the beginning, Luke and I were kind of like doing everything. And then Jen and Amanda and Abby and another guy named Andy, us six were doing everything. And it was like, this is fun, you know? But then we just really, Luke, the Lord really spoke to Luke and said, you guys have too much power. 
And so Luke devised a whole plan for how we could empower other people to actually be leading the night and leading the Bible studies, leading the worship. We'd basically meet every Friday night in my parents' basement. We'd, uh, at seven o'clock, we just have an open time where, hey, share, who, who has a God moment from their week? What is something God has done in your week? Share, we do that for 10 minutes or so. And then everyone in the room, we'd go in a circle, everyone in the room would answer a really stupid question and say their name. And uh, then we would worship together for a while. Then we would go into Bible studies. And then we would come back and talk about our Bible studies as a big group. And then we'd split into two groups and um, worship more and ask God for words of knowledge, prophetic words, and then start praying for one another. And so for the first like several months of doing house group, us six were doing everything. And the Lord really spoke to Luke and said, you guys have too much power. You need to share your power. And so we started just raising up more people and giving away the roles we had. And I think that right away kind of set us apart. It immediately proclaimed that this is not just like some service led by some people, but it's really a group of people um, reaching out together to their friends. Can I add something? Yeah, please. One thing before house group started that I was kind of reflecting on, even like three years before when Wilson, so just like different things that God was doing in all of our lives that are pretty substantial pillars in house group. Um, When Wilson was in YWAM, he was learning about Robbie Dawkins. He was doing a ton of evangelism, learning about ministry times. Those are all really key parts of house group. Luke, all of that leadership stuff that he was doing in house group, he had started before and years before at another church that he was at created an entire leadership team of high school students and empowered them to do things in their ministry. Jen was doing a lot of worship on her own and just like growing in intimacy with God. I was part of the same church that Luke was at and I was doing a lot of discipleship and just like daily life discipleship with a lot of people. And those were really key elements in house group now and in the beginning. Um, So I think that was cool how God kind of brought all of those things together when we started and kind of set part of house group apart. Yeah, that's good. Man, Jen and Amanda would love to hear, at what point did you guys start coming to house group? Because I believe in the beginning it was like a boys only kind of thing, right? Um, And then Jen and Amanda were like, no. Um, But so what was it like when you guys started coming and and what brought you back and and kept you there? Um, So the story is that it was, you know, a guy's thing because their friend um, and it was them three, and then they had other guys. And it was, you know, a guy's thing, so they would, like, confess guy things and pray for each other. Um, but then one of the guys had a girlfriend who wanted to come. So like, uh-oh, what are we going to do? We're going to let one girl come. So they're like, let's decide on a day where we all invite girls to come. <laughs> and so Luke invited Abby back there and Amanda, and Will invited me and his current back then girlfriend. Corinne, God bless you, Corinne. We still love you. Um, And I just remember that was the most, one of the most precious things to me about house group when it first started was because it wasn't attached to church yet, there was such a mixture of people and backgrounds. um, And uh, just the raw passion, like everyone... I think primarily because we were young adults, like we were all just entering into our 20s. Um, There was so much desperation for God. And I remember like 
being blown away by all of these young adult men who are hungry for the presence of God. And like, especially Rick Rhodes. I remember Rick leading the charge in worship. Like a lot of these guys could not sing, but they were belting at the top of their lungs. And it was just so beautiful. I had just not seen that, you know, in college and things. Um, And so just the hunger for God and his presence, especially during worship was just blew me away. J.J. Wright down here, one of the guys that could sing. John Wright, one of the first worship leaders. Amanda, what was it like for you when you came into house group? Similar experience? Yeah, really similar as Jen. I remember Abby and I probably came together and we walked down in the basement like, what is this room of all these tattooed guys worshiping? Like this dark basement. And yeah, it was awesome. We were really inspired and loved it. Did Luke and Will still have like massive gauges at the time? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, wait, okay, so you guys were both at the first women welcome house group meeting. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's historic. That's awesome. Were you going to say the Bible study? I remember, I don't think they knew, like, what to do with the women there the first night. So they, like, put us all in a Bible study together who we had like hardly ever met each other and they were just like, okay, someone lead Bible study and like walk downstairs. Um, but it was awesome. Something that also I realized is we all three can owe our marriages to our spouses through this lustrum, through meeting them in house group. Wow, that's awesome. Man. So you guys all showed up hungry for God and then left married and, and all the... All that stuff. All right, we've got a couple minutes left, so I'd just love to hear from each of you, either just like a notable house group moment, um, like a historic thing, or just like your favorite memory, or just something crazy awesome God did uh, to wrap us up here. One is coming to my mind. Can I share? Um, One thing that Will didn't mention when he was saying we started at 7 o'clock was that Luke actually started at like 3.30 for house group. He lived at Van and Lori's at the time, and... um, would transform their entire house from like 3.30 to 5.30. Like getting all of the chairs from every room and like bringing them in the basement, moving their dining room table out of the way, like literally rearranging their entire house. And there was one night when he was, two weeks in a row he was in England. And so we all kind of tried to fill his shoes and probably didn't do it the best job. But it was like the biggest night of house group to date, like that that far, it was like a year into house group, I think. there's probably like 80 people in Van and Lori's house. And if you've been to Van and Lori's house, they like don't usually have 80 people in their house. It doesn't fit super comfortably. Um, but it was a super powerful night. That was the first time that anyone got baptized at house group. Sha- Did Shauna get baptized that night? Yeah. Shauna that was up here got baptized that night. And another guy got radically saved, delivered and baptized in Van and Lori's bathtub. So we were like, that was like both of them. Yeah. Baptisms in the bathtub. Um, so that was a super encouraging night. I think that was one of the times where like, we need to figure out how to have more house groups. Like we need to multiply and have more places for people to come. And I remember FaceTiming Luke. We all like called him after house group. And he was like, I don't want to be in England. I wish I was there. Like, so I was literally <laughs> depressed walking through the streets of London <laughs> because of what was happening in Coleraine Township. <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio. Wow. Only oh God. God. <laughs> That's amazing. So 80 people in Van and Lori's basement. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. If you've never been there, 20, it feels packed and <laughs> overcrowded. So that I'd, only a young adult ministry would do that. Yeah. I'm sure it smelled great too. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's actually where COVID was birthed. <laughs> was in that evening. 
born there. I'll share real quick. Um, through a crazy series of events, we ended up having George and Banoff come speak at one of our house groups before he ever came to church here. And like over 100 people showed up, crammed into an even smaller space at a Aaron and, and Stephanie, uh, or Aaron Ross's parents' house, where we did the Northside house group. And worship was ridiculous. Like, it was louder. It was only, it was like 100 people, but in such a small space, it was louder than any worship I've ever heard in my life. And God started moving. Holy Spirit was pouring out everywhere. Georgian starts, um, like he does a Facebook Live and starts recording and people from all over the country start tuning on and then Wilson gets on and starts like sharing what's going on and all, there's like 3,000 views, 5,000 views, 10,000 views and it was like the most watched video Georgian had done like the whole year on his Facebook page. So it was a, just a crazy night. One of my favorite things um, about House Group was the worship team would always meet beforehand and we invite like prayer team leaders and that was like my first experience of being like drunk in the Holy Spirit. And like we would all just get like wasted in the Holy Spirit before we started house group. Like, and it was so precious because I don't know, just like I remember just we would all be laughing and just the Holy Spirit's presence was so sweet. And, um, and it would just kind of trickle in through the night. Um, there was like many nights where people would be laid out on the floor as we were trying to put the chairs and the couches back in their right places at the end of the night. Um, so that was just like my precious memories is just how strong the Holy Spirit's presence was and everyone was so open to him moving. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, something just really short was, I remember the first time that someone came that Luke and I ha didn't know mm -hmm. and they walked in the house and I was just like, what are you doing here? Like. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> and then it occurred to me, like, oh, wow, there's people, like, people are being invited that we don't even know. So that was really sweet. That's awesome. As someone who attended house group, I did know Luke, but then, like, just met Wilson as a Bible study leader, I think, one night. I, I was always just blown away by how um, these two young guys had started this, like, crazy, awesome, big young adult ministry but we're still just so accessible the whole time that like anybody could walk in and be like, hey, Luke, what's up, man? And like, um, so man, that was, you guys just did such an awesome thing with House Group and yeah, go for it, Jen. I think one thing that always was very special about House Group too was the fact that relationally we had a covering through Van and Lori, especially starting in their house. And they would be, you know, like upstairs on Friday nights or at the end of the night, they would come down and we'd talk about how things went. And that was always just very secure, I think, for all these young adults who didn't know what we were doing. But the fact that we had them um, just kind of as a relational covering was super special. I don't know if we said this at the beginning, but there are some people that opened up their homes to house groups here. Yeah. Did we honor them? Um, so Van and Lori for six years, I don't know, a long time. Judy Ross for a long time. My mom, Amy Richburg, Kelly St. James for a long time. Are there any other people? Are the Grants here? Or um, what's Maria's mom's name? Karen Carlson. So thank you guys for, oh, and Terry, yeah. Awesome, yeah. Are, there, are we missing anyone? Hey, before you clap, could we act, I've also seen some other leaders come in. So if you were a leader in house group or you ever hosted a house group, can you just stand up? Hosted like a house group was at your house. Yeah. If you're ever a leader, stay standing. Van and Lori. If you, no, yeah, a host or a leader. Judy. A host or a leader. Yeah. 
Awesome. Hey, thank you guys for coming up here and sharing. That was super good. Um, would love to invite Van back up here. He's got a few more uh, things to share. Uh, and he, There's some uh, important people in our church that he wants to honor during uh, this lustrum. I love hearing that story. I remember the night they did their first baptism. I was in bed watching TV, and Wilson came up all excitedly, stuck, stuck his head in the bed, bath, bedroom, and said, Dad, we're going to baptize someone in our bathroom. No, not in my bathroom, personally, but in the, we have two bathrooms upstairs. And I thought, oh, man, there goes the kitchen ceiling. <laughs> that was my very first thought, but I thought, oh, well, we can fix the ceiling, baptize them. But uh, really exciting, exciting time. So funny thing was, right outside my bedroom door, I'm lying in bed in there, and there are like 50 young adults that are totally crammed in the stairwell and the halls and everything, cheering and singing uh, during this baptism. It was really exciting. Uh, I do want to take a moment to honor two people. Uh, I'm going to name them right now. We'll, we will stand and applaud for them um, when, when I'm finished. But Dave King and Lee Marsh, uh, they, they both played a crucial role in this church being where it is today. And um, I, I'm going to talk about Dave first. Dave came at a key, key time in the church's life. Uh, 2009 to 2011, there were some rough spots. And I, and I think I saw Cookie Evers here earlier. Is Cookie here? Cookie, did you stand up? And Jim Hunter, is Jim over here? Where's Jim? And Pam Helsher, too. Jim, would you stand? I don't, I don't know if Pam's in here or not. The, well, these two, as well as Greg Snyder, were on my advisory team. And so we worked through a lot of tough decisions together. I just want you to thank them for everything they put in in those years. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, in 2009, we, had to, we made a decision that we knew was the right decision, but we knew it was going to cost us. We probably lost 200 people. You know, sometimes what you celebrate is just surviving. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's what you have to do. You just say, okay, for this season, we're going to survive because we know better things are coming. And we're not going to give up. We're going to survive because we know better things are coming. These two that just stood up were a big part of that. Dave King was a huge part of that. Uh, in 2011, we had a number of staff resign, and that was really hard. But we, then we hired Dave to come in and be our first executive pastor. And Dave brought wisdom, years of experience, uh, tremendous respect from everyone who knew him, tremendous pastoral uh, gifting, a, a, as well as vision and heart and just a love for Jesus and for people. And Dave coming in really brought a lot of peace to our whole system and, and, and br brought a lot of strength to our, to our, to our infrastructure. And our infrastructure started to become strong again. And, and Dave was just a huge part of us moving in the place, the direction we are, completely committed to Holy Spirit ministry, um, totally supportive of young leaders. 
He was totally supportive of house group and, and what, what uh, these young leaders were doing. And if he hadn't been, it would have been really hard for us to, to, to move ahead with that as we were able to. But um, Dave came to me at one point when Will and Luke were both on staff. And he said, Vanny said, we got to make them full time. And he said, I have a plan I'm working on. He said, I don't want to talk about it now. Six months or so later, he came to me, and his plan was he would start a business and resign so that we could take his salary and pay Will Luke full time. It takes a tremendous amount of character and selflessness to do something like that. And so, um, I thank you, Dave King. Is Sharon here right now? Sharon or Aaron or Matt? Where's Sharon? Okay, right here. Sharon, uh, stand, please, would you? Just thanks. Yeah. Sharon, we love you. Thank you for sharing Dave with us for those years. And we're so sorry still uh, to have lost him. We didn't lose him. We know where he is, but um, we don't get to see him for what? For now, we will again. Lee Marsh, Lee, Lee uh, came to this, onto the staff when we were still in the YMCA, and she was here first as our, as our secretary, and then when we moved into this building, she became the office administrator, and about 2011 or so, when we went through some staff transitions, Lee moved into more of a pastoral role, and we licensed her as a pastor, which she was gifted for. She did a lot of weddings. She did a lot of counseling and marriage counseling. I, if I was going to describe Lee, I would just use the words faithful, uh, wisdom, and insight. And, and Lee was prophetic. She was very prophetic. And she gave me words different times that helped me to persevere. In fact, one time, this word, after we had lost a couple hundred people, she came and she said, you know, it's okay. She said, but I believe the Lord's saying that we're going to lose more before we get on track with where, we're, where God's really leading us. Which, you know, that's the kind of word as a pastor you just love to hear. <laughs> the thing is, a word like that is part of keeping you going when it happens. And so it's a, we don't want to push away words that seem negative because they're given to let you know God knows. And so Lee was here, uh, strength, uh, supportive of all that God was doing here, uh, honoring to Lori and me as the leaders of the church and supportive of the young leaders and of uh, our house group movement that was happening here. And Lee and Dave went to be with the Lord uh, with, within, like I think, two months of each other. And uh, in 2018, I believe it was. And so a sheep will be missed greatly. But um, are, are Eric and Ariel here? I know they're going to be here second service. Eric is, is, okay, there's Eric, Lee's husband. Yeah. Pardon me? Oh, Ariel's over. Oh, there's Ariel. Okay, awesome, great. Well, listen, we love you both. Uh, yeah. We love you both very much. Thank you for sharing Lee with us for those years. And we'll see her again. We'll see her again. So I'm going to pray, uh, then um, move on here. But Father, we thank you for those who've gone before, who've led the way, 
who have loved you and served you and honored you with their lives and who are in your presence right now. And Lord, specifically, thank you for Dave King, uh, who brought such balance and stability to our whole system. Thank you for um, Lee, who brought joy and a prophetic insight and strength and love to our system. We thank you for both of them. And um, yeah, I would say bless them, but Lord, they're in your presence, so that probably doesn't count. But uh, thank you for them. We just thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, just a couple of things before we move into the message. One, uh, banquet is May 8th, Saturday night. It's going to be right here in this room. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Dave Workman's going to be our guest speaker. He's going to talk. We've been looking back for the last three weeks, and one more week we're looking back. And then when Dave comes and speaks, we're going to look ahead. It's going to be a forward look. And um, so that's going to be awesome. You do have to register for it. And uh, so go, go to the website and you can register for it there and, and pay, pay for the banquet there. So I want to I talk about church planting for just a moment. And uh, that's a phrase that we use that means starting a church. It's like planting a tree or a bush or something like that. But uh, in 2001, the spring of 2001, we planted this vineyard, Vineyard Church Northwest. Then in 2004 we uh, became heavily involved in helping to plant a vineyard in Guatemala City with Emilio and Anna Lopez. Then in 2009, two of Emilio and Anna's friends, Minor and Isis Cannell, moved here to Cincinnati to plant a Lavinia in Price Hill. And we were the sending church for them. We, we raised, I think, $34,000 to support them in that and, and sent them to Price Hill. In 2012, our speaker last week, Dale McMillan, and his wife, we sent to Dallas, Texas, to Frisco originally. Now they've moved to a different community. And I don't, don't think he got to share everything with you, but they are really being blessed right now. God's doing some amazing things on their behalf in establishing that church. And they're, they're going to be a church of 500 or 1,000 uh, very soon. But... Um, in 2014, then, uh, Wilson mentioned the Vineyard Empowerment Center in Zimbabwe, and uh, we were uh, a big part of that, getting that uh, church established. Now, this we're entering into our 21st year, okay? So in our 21st year, we're sending Sarah Anderson to Finneytown to plant the church. Where's Sarah? Sarah, stand. All right, give it up for Sarah, okay? You know, we've given Sarah a, a lot of, well, she has leadership in her, but she came here. She's been leading our children's ministry. We brought her onto the senior leadership team, uh, not only because of her gifting, but also to give her experience for church planting. She's been uh, one of our regular uh, speakers here on the platform, as, as most of you know, if you've been here for long. And uh, we believe she's really ready to do this. She serves on one of the national leadership teams with Vineyard USA. And uh, we want to send her well. So we're going to receive an offering the night of the banquet. 
and there will be other ways to give in case you can't come to the banquet. But uh, we, we just, I want to collect tens of thousands of dollars to send with her to help establish this church and have a vibrant, powerful vineyard right there in Finneytown to act, impact that community and all the surrounding communities, even, even the whole city of Cincinnati. So I wanna ask you, along with me, be praying about what you can give to that, okay? Uh, be praying about what you can give to help support this church plant. And think in terms of giving sacrificially. All right, the, the people, more people come to Jesus when a church is planted than at any other time in the church's life. That's what the statistics say. Uh, we, wanna, we wanna break that model and, and see other things happen. But we know there are gonna be a lot of people come to Christ through this, and we all get to be part of it. So uh, plan with me for that offering. It, it's the um, banquet May 8th. And right there in the first couple weeks of May, we'll be receiving offerings other ways for Vineyard Finneytown as well, okay? All right. Now, would you please stand with me, and uh, let's welcome our two executive pastors, Luke Hazelmeyer and Wilson Cochran. All right, so you can stay standing, because we're just going to pray over you guys to end the service. Um, there's something Luke and I each felt like the Lord gave us just to impart over you guys um, that we really felt like the Lord put in us and we kind of like fought for in our house group years. So um, I'll just say mine first, then you say yours and we pray. That's okay, cool. So yeah, just get in receiving kind of mode. Um, Lord, I thank you that they're in the war. I thank you this is a room full of people in the fight. I bless you and thank you for the full armor of God over everyone in this room. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. I just um, break off, just pray, say this, I would say, Lord, I make humans my enemy sometimes. I make worldly systems my enemy sometimes. This is not my enemy. The enemy is the devil. So I just bless you right now. I pray, God, launch them into mind renewal to see the right enemy. Launch them into mind renewal to fight the right fight. And I just pray protection over them. I pray radical sacrifice and um, risk in Jesus' name. Yeah, and stay standing, Tad, to that. Um, Wilson and I never in our wildest dreams planned or intended to start what happened with house group or even end up on staff here. But what happened over and over again was we just noticed how God was moving and pressed in there. It wasn't necessarily what we were most passionate about or even what we were best at, but we pressed in where God was moving. And big things happen when we press in where God is moving. So just receive this. Um, I bless you in Jesus' name, not from me, but from him, to receive the discernment to see where God is moving in your life and to press in there. And I thank you, Lord, for kingdom breakthrough and for God-sized dreams and callings being accomplished and unlocked through that simple discernment. In Jesus' name, amen.